bear with me here as the stream is just uh, getting started. I think it has stabilized. Yes, I believe it's stabilized. Well, hey there, welcome to live stream number 40 here. Uh, we have got some very exciting content for you here today on the stream. And I haven't brushed my hair today. That's how important this stream is. Actually, I recorded a video for my homepage today, which is why I bit the bullet, brushed the old hair, wanted to look presentable. Um, and the stream is benefiting from that because the hair is looking on point. Actually, my hair is a hot mess. I'm getting a haircut today, actually, so hopefully we can improve that. Okie dokie. Let me pull up the live streamity stream. Why doesn't it show up on the beginning? Oh, it shows up on uploads. Okay. Cool. So I've got the YouTube channel pulled up. Feel free to drop any questions or comments in the channel. And uh, with no further ado, let me jump into the first topic. So I was thinking about this. I wonder if, so I know a lot of people are against diet soda. I know that there, well, there have been, it's a, most people will say it's bad. It causes cancer. I am not a scientist, but I have seen some, but I do play one on YouTube now, but I have, I have seen, uh, like some things that some of the studies that, you know, showed those links were you know debunked or whatever I, I i mean honestly i i'd have to pull up the research to find out more suffice to say that you know diet soda has definitely been um whoa also the placebo effect is real so i'm telling myself that diet soda is great and i am benefiting from the placebo effect there um but um oh yeah so I'm curious, I was thinking, like I know personally uh, diet soda has definitely helped me in my, in my weight loss journey um, and, and because it's all about calories in, calories out. And so, um, you know, eventually I, I, I do want to stop doing the diet soda thing and stuff like that. But so before you, before you yell at me, okay, I get it. I understand. Um, but I wonder if there's ever been like an A-B test in the sense of, you know, a lot of times the way that like one of the ways that like, um, you know, things can be can be sort of evaluated like like huge macro trends um, or things can be evaluated as if something happens in, you know, let's say let's say, for example, there's two neighboring countries that are very similar in terms of genetics and da 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 da. And for one reason or another, one of them gets access to some new thing. Like I, th I remember hearing, I think like there was situations like that with TV, like one country got TV 10 years before the other, and then they can study. It's almost like an AB test occurring in the wild where then they can, they can look at the differences between these two groups that are essentially the same ish. Um, and they can sort of control for just one factor. So anyway, I was just thinking like, I wonder if that's ever happened with diet soda and whether, um, you know, what the results are. Cause that, that would be super interesting because like, I mean, I have to say like it, it, it is great to be able to drink something that gives you that sugar kick feeling. 
um, and helps because so much of staying on a diet is like mental, you know? And like, if you, if you have, you know, if you're used to that sweetness, you know, you get that little sweet drink and <laughs> kind of keeps you going a little bit. Now, again, I know everybody's yelling at the screen because I know that, um, you know, a lot of people are like, you need to get off of that, right? You got to just get off of that, get your taste buds off of that addiction to the sweetness, to the sugar. And I get it. I mean, that's my long-term goal, but like you got to work with people where they're at, you know, like sometimes it's hard to take those steps. And so for me, I, I think like, I'm glad that I've been able to do the diet, you know, have diet soda. So anyways, I'm curious whether that's ever happened. And that is all I wanted to say. All right, next topic. Um, you may notice if you've been following along closely that I have implemented some cool functionality in my little in my little uh, quote generator jobby here um, to make it easier to change things. Oh, why is that getting cropped off? That's interesting. Ah, why is that getting cropped off in my video? Let me disable bookmarks. Okay, all right, that's interesting. Okay, um, next up, uh, this is a, another thing, sort of on the topic of politics, but basically, you know, Twitter recently announced they're blocking political ads, and one of the things I was thinking about is I wonder if that will cause, just as I'm thinking about social media and influencers da -da -da, and different things like that, like, and, and, and also as I'm thinking of unintended consequences, like whenever you sort of block something, you know, whether you think, whether it's like you think about like prohibition in the 1900s, whenever that was with alcohol, like it ends up becoming a black market. Like, like basically when there's a demand for something, people sort of find a way, right? So like a lot of people were happy about this because it's like, hey, let, let's just not have political ads on, on Twitter. Um, and so maybe, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Um, but I, I was thinking like, well, you know, these political campaigns have a lot of money and like they're going to figure some some way out to get their messages across. And I was thinking, well, you know, if you can't place a, an ad on Twitter, maybe the money flows to influencers. Right. So now that million, 10 million, whatever, how much you were going to spend instead of spending on an ad because you you're blocked, you can no longer spend on an ad. You go to an influencer and you say, hey, I'll give you X amount of dollars to talk about this thing or that's how that's how you know influencers work whether you know it's it's for a, a clothing brand or whatever that's what they do they have an audience and then they you know they monetize the audience by you know you know essentially having having ads and a lot of times they'll do like a hashtag ad to indicate that it's an ad which is cool um, but I don't think Twitter is going to block those you know, I don't think Twitter would have a way to block those. I got to take my glasses off. Well, I guess I'll leave them on. I'm trying to get some new glasses because these ones are kind of goofy. Also, they like dent my nose a lot, which is driving me crazy. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that would be interesting to see if that ends up happening. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, next up. Next up. I need this to go live today. Let me just pop this in here first. I need this to go live today. Okay, so I was, um, you know, you hear this, 
Yeah, I've been talking about um, remote work. I've been talking about turning off notifications. I've been talking about working asynchronously, which I think is really important. And, um, you know, a lot of the time you might have uh, a client that would say, well, we need this live today or we need this live tomorrow or we need whatever, whatever. And I think a lot of the time they don't really. They don't, if there's a very specific reason, then, then yeah, right. Most nine times out of 10, people want things to move as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. And they want to get the most bang for their buck. Nine times out of 10, one time out of 10, there's a very specific time related deadline, um, which needs to be respected. But nine times out of 10, I think when somebody says, well, we need this to go live on X day, they don't actually need it, need that. And it's funny, I personally, even though I'm always ranting about this, I experienced this as a client. So as I'm building out my content team for this content accelerator thing, um, I was like, well, I really want, when I do a stream and then we put it into post-production and tweets and link posts and things start going out, I was like, well, I really want them to go out same day. I was like, you know, I, I, I felt, I don't know if I said this exactly, but I was like, I think I said something to the effect of like, well, I need these to go live today, <laughs> right? Like exactly what I'm saying, you know, isn't true. But when you put your client hat on, you know, you, you know, you say things that, uh, you know, you, you, you're in a certain frame of mind and you do, you do want it to go live. Cause like you're, you're putting, you're investing in something and you want it to be out there. Right. But then what I realized is. It's actually, well, what I'm realizing right now is that I'm getting super hot and I got to turn off the heater. Um, Stan, if you're editing this, just, uh, you can just edit this part out. Our heater situation is bonkers. Like my room gets gets hot so quick it's just ridiculous turn off the heater bro nest is not listening to me okay well if i uh if i faint you will know why you will know why okay um coming back to the topic so yeah so i literally did this myself and then i realized i was like you know Actually, it's probably a better overall workflow if I record the stream today, I put the things into post post production and then like, you know, within one business day or whatever, we uh, get them out. And then like once you have that workflow going, you are I am going to have things going out every day. They're just staggered by a day and it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter if they're staggered by a day. It's better to have a nice asynchronous workflow where nobody's rushing to do something just for the sake of rushing to, there's so much rushing to do stuff just for the sake of rushing to do stuff. Um, by the way, I think that might be a good hook for this video if we're editing. Um, there's so much rushing to do stuff and it's like, um, you know, you don't, you don't really, I went into meta mode and now I lost my track of thought, but like train of thought, but like, yeah. So anyways, um, you don't really, a lot of times you don't really need it. I experienced that myself. I didn't really need it. Instead, I, 
change it to an asynchronous workflow where I'm still having stuff go out every day. It is important to have stuff go out consistently every day. What's not important that the thing going out today is the thing that was recorded today. It could be the thing that was recorded yesterday. And the same thing applies to any workflow. If you're an e-commerce agency, you know, like get into a nice workflow where you're pushing stuff every week, right? So like person client might say on Thursday, oh, this thing is really important to get out on Friday, right? Um, and unless there's a real specific reason, I would say follow your process. So if your process is we do a code freeze on Thursday, you know, or if your process is we do a code freeze on Wednesday, we push code on Thursday, we don't push code on Fridays, follow that same process. Say, listen, let's, let's slot this for next week. Right. And then we'll get it out there. We'll make sure it's QA'd, not, you know, thoroughly. And we'll, whenever you follow your standard process, quality is going to be higher because, you're not when you rush to do things you make mistakes and so when you when you follow a nice established process you can make sure that everything's tested nicely everything's you know done well um and stuff like that so anyway that's that is that topic next up ah i finally got the ac on crying out loud i am let me turn this off before my all my kids freeze. At least it's not super hot now. Okay. Um, so this is an interesting tweet I saw. All right, here we go. From Jeff Morris Jr., um, who is at with Lambda School now, uh, was previous uh, at Tinder knows a thing or two about building products. And the tweet was, the most powerful sign of product market fit, a product that makes money while you sleep. You don't need salespeople or partnerships to sell products that reach this elusive point. True product market fit makes money while you sleep. Um, I'd, and I'd imagine you know, um, some of this is maybe coming from, well, it's probably relevant to what he's doing now at Lambda School. I'd imagine it's maybe also relevant to what he did at, at Tinder. I don't know too much about the, the numbers, but but obviously, you know, Tinder is a wild, wildly successful product and probably, you know, and, and probably did reach that uh, product market fit where, you know, they don't need salespeople to sell Tinder. It's just consumers get in there and use it. However, I actually disagreed on this point and I want to flesh that out a little bit. Um, and so my, my response was, I disagree. The best products in the world that have a great self-serve functionality and are very viral. I typoed that very viral. Actually, I didn't typo it. I text to speech mess, messed up on me. Very viral. Still benefit from sales teams. Look at GitHub as an example. Maybe this is specific to B2B. So my response might actually be specific to uh, the, the, this might actually be a B2B versus a B2C discussion. What he's saying might be completely true for B2C, like Tinder as an example. And what I'm saying might be true for b2b I, but but uh but i remember hearing uh podcasts a podcast i believe i heard either the same one or separate ones on both github and google uh what was it google something google apps um both of which are products that i think of as having massive product market fit products that pretty much everyone uses pretty much everyone loves and then I heard on this podcast, I remember they were talking about how they were, they built out 
um, sales teams to, uh, for these products. And I remember thinking to myself, that is so strange. Why would GitHub need an enterprise sales team to sell it? Like everybody uses GitHub. It's growing out of control. Like, why would you need salespeople for it? But, uh, the truth is that it, they, it did, it made a huge difference for them and, and, and their growth was through the roof. And in the, in the specific case of GitHub, a lot of, a lot of times, even though there, even though there's tons of people that use GitHub, uh, individuals and developers and smaller companies, when you're talking, when you're talking about larger organizations, what the dynamic that would happen is that you'd have a large organization and let's say a developer was like, Oh, we should use GitHub in our organization. Then the organization would be like, well, we have things we're already using, you know, they're a little slower to adopt technology because they're bigger organizations. And so that decision ended up being a little bit complicated and having the enterprise salesperson in that process to talk them through that process, to sell them on it ended up being a really powerful thing. And so, um, so yeah, this is one of those things for those of us that are interested in, you know, for those of us that like great products and things like that, I think we might think like, well, salespeople are totally unnecessary if the product is good. Um, but in a B2B context, um, I think that's, that's actually not true and it's counterintuitive. Um, well, it's counterintuitive if you're not in sales, if you're sales, you probably get it. Okay, next up, um, I have created a new category in my topics air table called happiness, where I'm going to talk about happiness. Yay. I'm, I'm really trying to keep my top level categories somewhat reasonable, but they just keep growing. I have like 12 now, e-commerce, content, fitness, personal, developer slash work, product, random, <laughs> Magento, social media, no code, dad. Oh, dad life. I don't need because I think I'm. I think that yeah, dad life and happiness. I you know so I'm trying to deduplicate these a little bit. Okay, uh, here we go. Quick sip of coffee. All right, real uh, tweet from James Clear. Real wealth is not about money. Real wealth is not having to go to meetings, not having to spend time with jerks, not being locked into status games, not feeling like you have to say yes, not worrying about others claiming your time and energy. Real wealth is about freedom. And uh, this is just this is just a great perspective. Um, you know, I think that we all need money. Most of us would like more money <laughs> for one reason or another. Um, but you know, one thing you've probably experienced if you've, if you've had a goal around getting a certain amount of money and then reach that goal, you've been kind of like, huh, okay. Like, uh, is this it? Like, the, like, like I, I, I feel the same as I did, you know, like there's a, you, you get excited for a day or a week or a month and stuff like that. But then very quickly, you know, you sort of realize, you sort of, you sort of realize like, well, that didn't really make me happy in the way I thought it would. And the things that really do make you happy are these things, you know, freedom. Um, like I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm not real big on meetings and, um, thankful that I don't have to do a lot of meetings, uh, or even phone calls. Like it just like, 
they're just such an energy sink, energy drain. Like I, like it's funny because I love, like I, like I love to sit down with somebody and do a podcast for an hour, two hours. That's a meeting, but it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation, you know, versus like certain types of meetings, you know, client meetings, things like that are, can be more of a drain. Um, yeah. Status games. Like for me, I've never been, I've never dealt well with like office politics. You know, I've always worked in really small companies pretty much all the time. And like, I, I just, I'm horrible at, you know, dealing with that. Um, so not having to deal with that, you know, those types of games and things like that. Um, and just freedom in general, you know, now the flip side of this too, is that free, having too much freedom can be actually a bad thing. Like having too much time on your hands is actually really difficult to deal with. And, uh, well, for different people, you know, for myself personally, having too much time is, is difficult. And then I need to add structure back in. So it's like, it's like I build a business, build a business. I want to have freedom. I want to have freedom. I get to a certain level of freedom and then I have free time and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm miserable. So then I got to add structure back in and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm working out. I'm doing this at this time of the day. I have a schedule. I have a routine. I'm walking the dog. And then for me, like having a routine is really important. So that's another kind of side of this coin, but, um, but yeah, that's a really cool perspective. Mage 2 TV. Okay. I think I, I don't know if I did this before or not, but let me wait for this to load up. Mage 2 TV. So I can't remember whether I did this before, but I just want to give a shout out to Vanai and Mage 2 TV. I'm just, I was thinking about it the other day and, I'm just super, um, just makes me really happy that, you know, he's doing so well with this, that he's putting out great content. I'm not actually, I don't, I'm not actually logged in. I need to do also like a full on demo of the product as well. Uh, maybe, I don't know, but, but, uh, what's imprint. Please also take a moment to read our privacy policies and missions. Oh, oh that's interesting. But anyways, what I want to say was just like, it's so cool because like Vinay has been in the Magento community forever, has been teaching people and, and doing training, you know, because it's what he loves to do. It's, it's, it's who he is. And I love the fact, you know, I'm a huge fan of productization. I love the fact that he's productized the ability to teach people and train people and that it's doing well. And like you couldn't find somebody that's you know, more deserving of this success. Um, and it's a great, it's a great resource. You know, if you are like, I remember seeing recently some of the GraphQL stuff he put out, like he's on top of it. He's putting out, um, he's putting out stuff, uh, regularly the content itself. Again, I got to do like a more of a detailed review of the actual content, but the actual content is great. It's, it's focused clips, you know, it's, it's well edited, you know, the voiceover is solid. The screen shares are solid. It's just, it's great. It's good content. Um, if you're a Magento, uh, developer, um, it's good. It's, I mean, you gotta be on this. You gotta have this, you gotta get access to it. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's just sweet. It's just an awesome Magento community success story. And I and just, I was just thinking about it the other day and it just put a smile on my face. So, um, that is all. And I mean, like, 
I love the I love the unique uh, uh, design and stuff. Like so many websites are so cookie cutter, and I, I've actually have talked uh, before on the on the on the YouTube channel about unique website designs, and this is definitely one of them. Like it's it's different. You know, it has that great like Tron style theme to it. And um, I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is different, but it's like really grown on me. Like, I think it's awesome. And uh, that's pretty much it. So shout out to friggin' Vinay, man. All right. In this last comment or this last section, I'm actually just, is my internet down? I don't think it's down. She talking about Willis? What you talking about, Willis? Um, in this last section, I'm actually just going to sort of decide on which content to put into post-production. Not that one, not that one. This one's good. Yeah, let's do written post and video clip of this one. Oh, that one was okay. This one's good. Um, I need to go live today. Let's put this on the... Commerce Hero channel because it's related to work and stuff like that. Developer work. Real wealth is not about money. This one was I like this one. Let's put let's do written text and a video clip on this one and put that on the Kalen Cast channel. And I think that's it. All right, cool. All set. Hope you have a fantastic Monday. And I'll see you tomorrow. Gotta dance this one out.